2: You can sign up on my website, zibbyowens.com, under the virtual book club section, or even on Instagram under the link in my bio. I hope you'll find me in all these different channels and enjoy this podcast. Hi, everybody. So today, the sponsor for my podcast is my other podcast. I am launching Moms Don't Have Time to Lose Weight. It launched Monday, October 12th, and hopefully it'll stick around for a long time. It features uh, women talking to other women about their journeys of their bodies and getting tips and commiseration and all the things we need so that we don't feel alone and trying to make our bodies feel better tomorrow than they do today. So check out Moms Don't Have Time to Lose Weight, and it's also a community now on Instagram at Moms Don't Have Time to Lose Weight. So if you fall into that category like I do and so many of us, um, come join us. The door is open. The second episode on day five of the book blast is by Brooke Hecker. Brooke is an author and marketing executive in New York City. She has two daughters, and she sometimes secretly reads their books after they've gone to sleep. Brooke's first children's book, Letters from My Tooth Fairy, debuted on August 15th, 2020, and is based off of the real letters that her daughters have received from their actual tooth fairies. Hopefully their tooth fairies don't mind. Brooke, FYI, is a mom in my kid's school. Welcome. Thanks so much for coming on, moms. Don't have time to read books. (laughs) Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited. I think you're the first, is this true? I think you're probably the first school mom friend I've ever had on the podcast, which is- Oh really wow, so many, yeah. that's amazing. I, don't, I can't even think of any other mom friends who've written books, can I? I don't know. Of course, some oh, yeah. people come to me. There's a it's lot. It's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Yes. Thank you so much. And I just literally finished reading out loud your whole book to my two little ones. And they were like, read it again, read it again, which is always the best sign. Oh, that's good. So
3: (laughs) it's a long one. Apologies in advance. No,
2: it was great. It was great. (laughs) Can you just, okay. So explain how you came up with the idea for your book and how it became a book, please.
3: Sure. So first, I don't know if you need me to do this, but this is it. Sure. Yeah. It's called Letters. For my tooth fairy. And so it's from real life. When my older daughter lost her first tooth, she said she got it knocked out at school and it was like this big drama. And, you know, the whole school knew about it and it was very exciting. And she went to bed that night and right before bed. And it had been a long day. It was like nine o'clock at night. And she's she said, I, I wonder if I'm going to get Priya's tooth fairy, a school friend who lived around the corner. And I said, oh, you know, she's, she probably, she lives around the corner. And she said, oh, that's great because Priya gets a poem for her teeth. And I was like, oh, <laughs> great. <laughs> that, that's great. <laughs> and so I spoke to Priya's tooth fairy who told me that it was a, it's a form letter from the internet and she gave it to me. And I thought, "Ah, oh, I could just probably whip something up really quick. And so I started writing poems for each tooth, and they rhymed, they were very cutesy, and it had to do with every single story of the tooth. You know, every tooth seemed to have a story. And it also reflected, you know, a specific part of her life. And so after a bunch of these, and they were really cute, and they were a big hit, and you know, I'd share them with friends and family, it was like, well, maybe this would make a cute book idea. So that, that's what the book is. It's a collection of letters from the Tooth Fairy for every single tooth. So you're really following throughout this girl's life. And you, I like that it sort of gave you a snapshot of her life and the different you know, parts of childhood, but through this very narrow and specific lens of the Tooth Fairy. That's
2: great. So that was how it came about. By the end, when she says goodbye, and it's like through all the toothed and- even fallen out, it was so sad. It is sad, <laughs> it's emotional because you go along the journey. Because it is sad when your kid loses their last tooth. You know, it's, yeah, it's the end of an era. <laughs>
3: and mine has not lost her last tooth, so you know a lot of this is just made up. And thinking of these scenarios when your child is still young, and and it was kind of sad to go through I and mean, think about it. And my younger one still doesn't like to read the last the last one because she gets really upset.
2: Oh, yeah,
3: it's very cute.
2: That's so sweet. Well, each note was so clever. And, you know, I was wondering as I was reading, like, did you have to do any sort of Googling or dental digging to know the name of all the different teeth? I did do research, and my cousin's an oral surgeon,
3: and I asked him, and just timeline when you would lose teeth, when you would get braces, you know all that sort of stuff. so I definitely did a little bit of research. And then the illustrator, who is not me, went ahead and did little diagrams of each thing. and she did her own research separately because we worked completely in silos. And it was very interesting to see what she came up with. But yeah, it was we definitely did research. I asked her questions like, one question that my daughter asked me, a lot of this is was made up because she, I talk about teeth that she's never lost, but some of it is, you know, real life questions. And one of them that I got was, how are my teeth going to fit? They're huge. Like the first two teeth that you get in the top are so big and, you know, how are they going to fit? And well, what we learned was that you are they're full size when they come in. And your mouth grows around them, and that's you know when they're ready. That's when your other teeth come out, and so things like that. I start. I learned as a forty year old, which was
2: drawing of the walrus. (laughs) Yes, (laughs) it was very cute. Walrus forever, and it is is such a funny thought that your your teeth are the same size forever, and like you grow around them, like Alice in Wonderland or something. Yes, it's quite fascinating. What you should really do now that this is out is like a companion journal keepsake thing which has like a good all idea. Teeth and brand yeah. the same way and then like it, it'll become a whole thing that like you have to write your tooth story
0: yes in these
2: books. that's a really good idea you can like me, like a scrapbook and you could put the note from the tooth fairy but you could write your own story or drawing or something yeah that's a really cute
3: idea there was a lot there's a lot of things I think that you can do and then this hit right when you know it came out last month right when COVID really hit so you know, it's kind of hard to do all the things that we plan to do around it. But there, it, you know, it's such, a, it's an underserved market too. There's not a ton on the Tooth Fairy. So, it, you know, I think there's so many fun things that you can do.
2: The only one that I feel like we read a lot, or we used to read a lot, was it called Purpelicious? One of the, per, one yes. of, was yes. it
3: Purpelicious? And that was all about- it was. It was one of the Pinkalicious books and she, yes. We have read that YouTube. quite a lot.
2: Right? Yes. <laughs> As I'm saying this, I'm re- I'm realizing we haven't read any of those books in ages. Now we're on to like Dog Man and I don't even know. But yes, yes those books. <laughs> one, there was one with little notes. But aside from that, not too many. Yeah, it was
3: um, it, it was all the different. So the Tooth Fairy wrote her back, but also the Easter Bunny. And yeah. like, I think that's she... Right. Cut, oh, that's right. Yeah.
2: Know, right. yeah, you're absolutely right. You're right. Yeah. yeah. Yep. <laughs> you could even put like a little map because... In the book, I'm talking about your, you know, your keepsake journal that now I want you to do because it's <laughs> not a map. Like, cause like my daughter just lost her tooth in Montana. Yeah. Her first tooth she lost in Mexico. This is making us sound very spoiled. Yeah. Sorry. But she was with her dad in Mexico and lost her first tooth and wrote a letter to the yeah. tooth fairy saying, please give me, I know I'm in Mexico, but could you please leave my money in dollars and not in pesos? Oh, that's so funny which the tooth fairy did dollars. I mean, and then the next tooth she lost at my brother's house in Montana. And she was like determined to write a note for a toy. And I was like, you don't get toys from the tooth fairy. And you know, so-and-so in my class gets toys from the tooth fairy. No, no, no. Tooth fairy only leaves money, (laughs) you know, but anyway, it'd be neat to see like, like even in your book, like at school and you know, all these different places. So,
3: but that's exactly the part of the book. I mean, you have a different tooth fairy when you sleep at your grandma's house. And we've had the same thing too. Hannah had lost a tooth at an airport at LA. Actually knocked a tooth out. Both my kids have knocked teeth out and she had an airport tooth fairy that followed her on the plane. And you know, so it's like, there's all these different, it's true. People lose teeth everywhere. It is a good, it's a good idea. We should do one branded for this.
2: Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah.
3: It's It's a really, there's so much to do and there's nothing out there.
2: Yeah. It'll be like the baby book equivalent and then like yeah everyone will use it
3: that's yeah it's a really good idea because right now we hide everything in like a vase well <laughs> you, a don't have
2: to, you don't have to save the tooth you can still maintain the illusion i'm sorry to like waste our time yeah. <laughs> but i think yeah, it's no, no, no. But no it's true it, it 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 it's like you're telling your own story right like yeah. kids are basically writing their own story and then they'll have it to look back on and then i no, wonder if there are other like rites of passage that you could somehow. Brand, right yeah that like because it's perfect the 20 teeth it's like why did no one think of this before right 20 it's, and
3: they really haven't there's not a lot out there and it
2: is it's 20 teeth across a certain like a very profound part of your life yeah where there's so much change and there's so much change so well with all the moving and the baby sister and yeah. you know all of it yeah I can't think of even anything comparable no, and anyway. it's a really good idea we should do it yeah. I mean I don't have to do it. You do it. Yeah. <laughs> you, you and your team, you take yeah. it take it and run with it. Just send me a <laughs> So do you have plans for other books aside from the one I just suggested?
3: <laughs> yeah, I've been working on so this is my first this is my first book. This was like a big swing for me. I didn't ever think to do this and it came at a time when I was working freelance for years and years at a television network and sort of stalled out because I was working part-time and it was like, well, what do I have to lose? And so, I mean, it's like, it's a, an advanced age to start something new. So now that this is, and it kind of takes slow, it's a slow process. This is a very slow industry and which was, it's hard for someone that works in a very fast paced industry to, you know, slow it down and realize, oh no, we're taking, we're talking two years ahead right now. So yeah, I started working on more now that this has actually happened and it's like opened up a whole new world. And with everything that's going on now and, and sort of being, I'm doing remote with the kids. So being home all the time and not having any sort of, Alone time has been a little bit, It stalled me out a little bit. I've been working on something and it's been, it's
0: been a lot of fun. Hiring for your small business. If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals. You can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites
1: Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.
2: This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. Sometimes we all have stuff we need to get off our chests, even if we don't think it's interfering with our daily life. There are some things you just haven't processed, be it grief or trauma, eating disorders, anything, Visit betterhelp.com slash moms don't have time today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H E L P.com slash moms don't have time. Sometimes, though, when you have like so much time, then there's more material to yes. yeah, pull from. <laughs> yeah. And there's a lot more.
3: I do a lot more reading now that we have found time. Yep. So I feel like that always helps too. Just reading more, you know, lets let you write more.
2: Every time I'm like, doing something, especially, I don't know why with my little guy the most, but I'm always like, oh, we should write a story about this. Oh, wouldn't it be funny if we wrote a story? That would be a really great idea for a book. And I'm like, you know, there's going to come a time where I have, you're gone. I'm sitting at my desk trying to think of ideas for picture books. And now they're like coming so fast and furious that I don't even like stop to take the time to write them down. Yeah. I'm like, oh, you need I'll to write them down. meanwhile, now yeah. I can't remember any of them. It was like two days. Yeah. Later, so. I keep
3: a notebook, I keep a notebook vibe because it's true. And like, you're reading these books every night now and soon you won't. I know. Our girls are already doing it on their own. I mean, it's, yeah, it's getting less and less of of me reading to them. So now's the
2: time. We just like reorganized my little guy's books and he was like, and these are the books that from when I was little, you know, (laughs) the board book. (laughs) so does this make you when you read the other books do you like approach them differently now that you're writing one yourself are you looking more for like you know pacing or structure like anything more analytical or
3: well I definitely just have my own I know what styles I like more I tend to like things that sort of rhyme or flow and I like things that like all the Julia Donaldson books you know they're fun to read and so i Think like that kind of book is fun to write too, and I like humor. I, there's humor, in, and and that's getting to be more and more prominent in the marketplace too, which is really fun. Ooh, I, we laugh so much with books nowadays. Some of my favorites, like Grumpy Monkey. I don't know if you guys have that one. Yeah, Grumpy Monkey. That's so every time it cracks me up when the vulture, you know, suggests eating dead meat. <laughs> <laughs> so I think like there's I've definitely found the things that I like more and the things I like more to read, and that's part of the that's part of I guess the journey too, just figuring out what you like.
2: Yeah, I feel like it's nice because for so long everything is like centered around the kids, right? Well, the kids yeah. like this book, and let me read the kids a story. But I feel like starting with like go the F to sleep. Remember that? you know, Yeah. Like that's yeah. When like picture books. We're like, wait, what? We can do this. Like we can. Yeah. We can be funny too. Maybe there's another way to use these pages. And yeah. So. Yeah. Yes, I feel like the tired parents who are reading the picture books are often looking for something funny, and you know.
3: Yeah, something funny and easy to read that flows off, like that flows off the tongue. Exactly. Those are all things I've come to appreciate. Because sometimes your throat hurts at the end of the the third story that you've read.
2: Yes. Yeah. It's like five-minute stories together. It's like six hours, you know? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it feels like hundred yeah. hours. Yes. So like having successfully sold and had this book come out and everything, what advice could you give both on the writing process and the publishing process aside from the warning that it's slow?
3: (laughs) Well, my only advice could be for, you know, someone just starting out because, you know, that's the only, this is me and I'm just starting out is that there was two lessons that I think I probably learned the most. And one was rejection was not something that I'd ever had to experience because I worked in a corporate world. It just wasn't the kind of, that's just not the way it worked. You did your work, you know, you moved up, like everything was fine. The first we went out with this book first and it rhymed. My letters had rhymed and and the the book rhymed and I absolutely loved it. And they my agent had told me, you know, rhymes don't sell as well. Would you consider rewriting the whole thing to not in prose? And I was like, Well, I love it. Can we try it? first like this. And so she tried it and it got rejected across the board and it, and not like a very quick one, but like a very slow, cause everything is very slow in this in, in publishing. And it was a very slow trickle in to get rejected. And like that first, it was the first time in my life I had been told, you know, no. So I just assumed, oh, well I tried and that's like, I guess it's just not going to happen. And the, my agent was like, no, 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 you just, then you go out to the next batch of people or whatever and 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 I rewrote it and I we went out with it again and when it sold it was just a very good lesson of I was ready to just walk away and be like oh well, I tried something new and it didn't work. So I think that was the number one thing for someone that's completely out of the industry to get used to because that's something that that is just going to happen that it's very hard it to get rejected and think, and, and think, oh, I'm gonna do it, and have that confidence in yourself with no basis, basically, to say that I'm gonna keep trying and I believe in myself. And so that was a really good lesson. And I think that was a good lesson for my kids to see happen. And that was just very foreign to us and the work that, you know, my husband and I do anyway. It just wasn't part of, you know, our everyday. And I think the other thing is just like the patience. I mean, it takes a long time and it's all self discipline which like, which you know, and we have a mutual friend and she writes, she turns out five, six books a year. And it's like, that's because she sits in her office and has the time and dedicates it and just like, and gets it all done. And that's, and that's not, and not a lot of people work that way. And I think that's been a lesson too, of like trying to get the self-discipline to do something where like you're accountable for yourself and it's, you know, it's all about you. So those are the two things that I've learned to to really set aside the time and to believe in myself instead of, you know, what three editors might've said.
2: Yep. And you never know what is going on with those editors, what else they have in there. Like they might even have liked it and thought it was funny, but they have other books or their quotas met or whatever. You don't know. You just don't know. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It was just such a foreign concept. And so my first instinct was like, oh, she
3: said no. And she's an expert. So that means yeah, that. of course. Sir. I guess I tried, you know. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. <laughs> and, and especially for someone who's starting this in like midlife, you know, that's like, it's like a whole new way to operate, you know.
2: I, when you said that earlier, I was like, I don't think it's late at all. At your, really? I don't know how old you are, but I'm 44. And I feel like most of the people I talk to are like not, I don't know. I, I feel like your forties are somehow the best time ever to write books. I swear. Really? Well, because you have the more more experience. You're right. You have more. You have life enough experience. experience. You're in it in so many levels. There's so much emotion in your forties because you're yeah. you don't have to be parenting, but you're usually caretaking either your parents or friends or kids or something. So you you've had loss. You've had like yeah. caretaking. You've had love, and I don't know. There's just like enough mixed, I I don't know. I'm picturing like a mixing bowl in the kitchen and you've had enough thrown in that you can bake something that tastes a little better than maybe the like really pretty cake from like your twenties, like your best cake or something, but like, it didn't actually taste that good. You know what I
3: mean? You're absolutely right. Yeah, you are. I think it's just, I come from an industry where, you know, when you're, I'm 42, when you're in your forties, you're sort of on the way you know, to you hit your you're kind of past the prime a little bit, unfortunately, and so to start something new, then or you're you're at a really successful level and like why would you start something new? So I think you know it's, it's to try something new. It's like a it's it's of course you can, of course you can do something new and different.
2: But it's like a big step. But writing is it's it's like an outgrowth of you. So I know it is something new, but it's like it's yeah. not like you're trying to get into. I don't know, mortgage backed securities or something. Yeah. Like, you, you know, it's like you're, it's a creative expression of who you are in some way. And the more you define who you are as a person, the clearer your output becomes. So. Oh, a hundred percent. It was a
3: good, it was a good thing to to learn because obviously I was wrong and it's.
2: No, I don't mean to say you're wrong. It just like, I'm saying this to try to be more encouraging than not yeah. say like, it's never too late. And. No, uh, and it's not. A memoir I'm about to read by someone who's 70 and I like, can't wait to read it. Cause I'm like, well, yeah. that's an interesting point of view. Like how neat is that? So I don't know. It's just never
3: too
0: yeah.
3: late. So. It, it, you're right. It is never too late.
2: <laughs> this was so much fun. Thank you so much for coming. Thank you. Um, thanks for the great new book for the repertoire. Oh good. Thank um, you. Enough not to feel, you know, babyish, but still a picture book, so It's perfect. And I hope to see you back at school. I know. I can't wait. I hope so too. (laughs) Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. Okay. Okay. All right. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to day five of the Children's Book Blast. And thank you for anybody who's listened to all of these episodes. I hope there are people out there who have heard them all because they're all fantastic. So this concludes the week of the Children's Book Blast and look forward to more awesome author interviews next week and every week thereafter until who knows. (laughs) Thanks for tuning in. Bye. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. I know I enjoyed recording it. Don't forget to check out my new podcast, Moms Don't Have Time to Lose Weight. Pretty soon, moms won't have time to listen to podcasts. And check out the Instagram community that goes along with it. And if you would like to join, please request to join. It's for anyone who wants to feel body better in their body tomorrow than they do today. And it's a supportive group of like-minded souls who just need the community to achieve their goals. Moms Don't Have Time to Lose Weight.